Am I? Yes, good, great, fantastic. Well, I've got a rather unusual message this morning. It's not my usual way of doing things. But I'm going to take you on a journey. I want you to come with me on a journey, maybe a journey that some of which you may have traveled before, some of which you've never even seen, maybe a journey you've not even started. It's quite a long journey, it's not an easy journey, not without its twists and turns, but it's very worthwhile, full of hope and excitement. So I hope you're looking forward to the journey today. Well, the good news is, really good news is, that you're very rich. Okay? And I want you to see if you can guess who you are. You've got everything that money can buy, and loads in the bank. You're so important that no one can govern your country without your permission. Pretty high status in society. The climate's warm, the food's delicious, and you were blessed with great intelligence. It's good news for some of us. <laughs> and the best education was provided for you. And you love your studies science, astronomy, literature, wisdom. But I wonder. Does all this make you happy? Are you really fulfilled? If you can guess who you are yet. Because, you know, there's a yearning in your heart. There's somehow a need for something more. There needs to be an answer. What's it all for? What's it all about? Why am I here? And so far, you know, you've only seen glimpses. You sense that somewhere there's a truth beyond knowledge. A someone, a something beyond wisdom and understanding. And you know, you've been living with a dream. Waiting for that day. Like waiting for Christmas. The day when your mind would finish its seeking and your heart would find its rest. The answer would come. It had been promised. Because long ago, there lived a man. He was a very great man. And he had come with his people from a far-off land. And those people... Fire couldn't burn them. And that man, <coughs> lions could not devour him. And he had very great wisdom. Written, as they did in those days, on scrolls. But scrolls of great antiquity. I wonder if you can guess who that man was and who you are. His name was Belteshazzar, but of course that was the name for Daniel. And he was a prophet, and at that time, he was one of the greatest, or the greatest, 
He'd been appointed to the chief of the wise men, of the Magi. Nearly 500 years, he said, and a great prince will arise. He will be the answer. Not just give the answer, he will be the answer. Rather puzzling. Do you know who you are yet? Let's see. And now you've seen the signs. It was written in the ancient scrolls. Now this is where I need to test some things. It will work. Ah, yes. This was what was written. I see him, but not here and now. I perceive him, but far in the distant future. A star shall come out of Jacob. A scepter shall rise out of Israel. The time is as was foretold. You've seen the star. The king is born. It's time. After all, you are one of the magi. One of the wise men. The kingmakers. That's what the Magi were. They were the makers of kings those times. And you must go to welcome him, to confirm his throne. And so your journey begins. Now, journeys have their problems. I think we all know that. We've all traveled before. And this time it's to Israel, to Jerusalem. It's 800 miles of difficult country. And camels, well, if you've ever ridden a camel, you'll know how awkward they can be. Ships of the desert can make you feel as sick as any ship of the sea. And you know, it's sometimes easy to forget in those long miles... Why are you journeying at all? Easy to lose focus, to stray off course in the face of contrary desert winds, <coughs> or to linger too long in the comfort of an inn, or be beguiled by tales of other lands you might visit and places you could explore. So I'm going to give you some advice for your journey, Okay? What do we need to know on our journey as we're going to seek the king? Well, first of all, I would say choose your companions carefully. Choose those who share your vision and purpose. Others may distract you and will not help you reach your goals. After all, you are traveling with other wise men. You're sharing vision with those wise men. But you know, you need to watch out for hangers-on. Those who want to come along with you for different reasons. And here, again, we need to turn to the ancient scrolls. 
for their wisdom. What do the ancient scrolls say about our journey? Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Bad company corrupts good character. So you need to leave behind and say goodbye to the bad company. Mustafa Moan. Don't take him along. <laughs> Mustafa Wonder. Don't let him distract you. And Nida, Nida snooze. She'll lull you asleep. Be determined. On your journey, you need determination. As you face perhaps this year-long journey, you need to be sure, you need to be determined and focused. Deal with your self-life, that flesh life, or you may not find all that you seek. Be diligent. Here again, the ancient scrolls give us good advice. For lazy people, life is a path overgrown with thorns and thistles. For those who do what is right, it is a smooth highway. Be focused. And one really good piece of advice. Watch your words. Be careful what you say. The ancient scrolls say that death and life are in the power of the tongue. What are you speaking over your life? What are you allowing to come past your lips? What are you empowering? Because of what you say, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And one or two more. Bits of advice from the ancient scrolls. Intelligent people think about what needs to be done here and now. Fools are always dreaming about faraway places. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. You know, there's great strength in real fellowship. And we need to value that on our journey. Great strength in togetherness. Because you will gain strength from your fellow travelers. Because they have the same vision. They have the same focus. They are intent upon reaching the goal. And they will draw strength from you. Because when you're feeling weak, they will strengthen you. And when you are feeling, when, I'm sorry, when, when you're feeling weak, they will strengthen you. When they are feeling weak, you will strengthen them. Your companions are key on your journey. Don't neglect your companions. Don't think it's unimportant that you're with them because you need great to draw great strength from their fellowship. Okay, so we're journeying on. 
Jerusalem is near, the goal of our journey. Looking forward to it, great compensations for the hardship of the road. After all, we're coming to a palace, comfort, much appreciation of our visit. After all, we're so important. There'll be honor. And the new king, can he really be the answer? Jerusalem. But now we have disappointment to deal with. I hope you're enjoying life as one of the Magi. Things are not as we thought. The king of the Jews? Jerusalem seemed the obvious place to go. But no excitement here. No baby king. No royal welcome for the kingmakers. Only an angry ruler, deeply troubled by our arrival. And a people who seem fearful of their lives. If you've been on this kind of journey before, perhaps you've been to a Jerusalem already where there's disappointment, where you've thought you've arrived and you haven't. Where's the answer? Again, the ancient scrolls help us. God said, I will guide you and teach you in the way you should go. I will give you good advice and watch over you with love. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you the path to take. I don't know if you've hit a disappointment on your journey. I remember when we came to South Wales, felt as though God had really called us. I'd even had a vision which said, you must come here. And we went to a particular church, not this one, and things just went pear-shaped. You know, where do we go? What do we do? And actually, God had been very gracious to us. We tried to buy three houses in that area. And each time, in different ways, God had stopped us buying them. And instead of settling there, God moved us into Abergavenny which was our real destination. It was our Bethlehem, if you like, not our Jerusalem. So if you're in a Jerusalem at the moment, I'm not saying you move from this church, but you know what I mean, metaphorically speaking. It's there's been disappointments. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Well, of course, you know the Bethlehem story. True to their word, the scrolls had the answer for the wise men. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And God is very gracious. The star appeared again to guide us to the place, the wise men. But really, you know, Bethlehem, 
can the answer really be found in a village, not in a royal palace? Can a king be dwelling there in such a humble home? This is a strange kingdom. But then we see him. And then we know the answer. Only a child, a child, the maker of all the stars, the heavens and the earth, a child, a person, one of us, the answer. We came seeking the truth and find a person, not a principle. We came seeking the way and find a person, not a performance. We came seeking life and find a person not a prize. We wise men came, perhaps, proud of our benevolence, all our riches, perhaps expecting benefits in return. But we find that he has already given it all. Nothing can supplement it. No one could deserve it. All our earthly wealth could not buy what he has bestowed. All our journeyings are nothing compared to the distance he has traveled and the path he will tread to make the way for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. When we saw him, we knew the purpose of his journey. He is, he is seeking a treasure, a jewel of great price that only we can give. God is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. He came for love, to give and to receive love. Love given freely and freely received. And whenever we see him, that is our response. Love, worship, adoration bowing down. That will always be our first response whenever we see the Lord Jesus Christ. The great gifts that we, the wise men, brought him, he needs them now for what he must accomplish on this earth. He has only what we will put into his hands. 
they're only tokens. We give our treasures, but we leave with so much more. All that we shall ever need. Gold. For a king. Our king. His kingdom within us. A kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. A kingdom that cannot be shaken, that shall know no end. Gold for a king. Incense for our high priest. One who understands our weakness and who lives eternally to intercede for us. Myrrh for a saviour who by his death heals all our infirmities. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. What a king. And you know, as we think about the kingdom, the kingdom is the king. He is the king. He was born a king. And we come under his lordship. I wonder today if you've made that journey and found the king, if you've found him, if you've found his kingdom, if you found his righteousness, his peace, his joy. You know, sometimes we think about putting our lives under somebody else and it's hard. We think, oh, what's going to happen? Is God going to send me to Africa as a missionary? Don't like it there. What's going to happen to me? But, you know, I was just reminded of you know that children's story, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? And the lion there, Aslan, is the picture that C.S. Lewis creates of Jesus. And I think it's Lucy that asks the fawn, is he safe? He's a lion. He's strong, you know. Is he safe? And the reply is, well... Not safe, but he's good. He's good. And he is good. He's got your best interests at heart. There's no better place you can be than under his authority, under his kingdom, under his rule. And that's, it's an immense privilege that he actually qualifies us to be under his rule. And not only that, in his family, his children. So gold for a king. Incense for a high priest. One who really understands us and knows our weaknesses. And then myrrh for his sufferings. And you know there's a verse in scripture which says, which talks about the fellowship of his sufferings. The writer of the New Testament, Paul, the writer in one of the New Testament letters says, 
I want to share in the fellowship of his sufferings. That seems rather strange to us. But he calls us to that. He calls us to a life of sharing in his sufferings. Now, that doesn't mean that uh, you're going to be put on a cross. Although for some Christians today it does. But there is a suffering. Because all the time God is asking us to live like Jesus. And that's hard in this world. And sometimes there are those negative words which can really pierce into our hearts and make us feel sad and angry and want to pay back, want to answer back. But you know, Jesus says, be like your Father in heaven. He lets the sun shine on the righteous and the good. God is letting those things happen at the moment because in his heart is that every person in this world turn to Jesus Christ. You know, he even let those Nazi torturers do their work. And some of them, right at the very end, accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will meet them in heaven one day because God is merciful. And sometimes he lets, allows other people the free reign to do things which can hurt us. But if we exercise forgiveness as God has forgiven us, we enter into the fellowship of his sufferings because he didn't answer back when cruel men nailed him to the cross. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So there's a, there's a calling for us to recognize that fellowship of his sufferings. Not to pay back not to, as the old scripture, the old version says, not to render evil for evil. Well, I wonder where you are on that journey today. Are you, have you set off? Are you looking for the answer? It's not in a philosophy. The answer isn't in a set of ideas. The answer is in a person. Are you on that journey with him? Are you traveling with him? Are you reading his word? Are you looking, as it were, at the ancient scrolls? Because you need them. You need the strength of the word of God. In this year ahead, you're going to need the strength that comes from the word of God. And you're going to need the strength that comes from the fellowship of, of believers. The scripture says, do not neglect meeting together. And it's really important for us that we meet together, that we encourage one another, that we support one another, that we pray for one another. I hope that you're praying for every member of your life group, particularly. And I hope that you're praying for the leaders in this church. We need your prayers. And it, it's a, there's a togetherness that is so important. You know, on a Sunday, this is not a show. This isn't just a performance that we put on. There's something far deeper than that. And our coming together is not a club. It's not just getting together with friends. It's something much deeper than that. 
We're on a journey together. We've got a common vision. We've got a common goal. And God's calling us to be together, to support one another, to be a blessing to one another. It's a great place in God's kingdom. It's a great place. And we need one another. Do not neglect, the scripture says, the meeting together. Be a blessing. If you're not there, a blessing is missing. In your life group, if you're not there, a blessing is missing. Other people are not blessed. And they miss you. They do. They miss you. So be there whenever you can. Be committed to that. Be committed to the king. Be committed to the goal. But you know, above everything, above everything, it's not the project, it's the person. It's about Jesus. It's about him. And it all flows from our relationship with him, our commitment to him, our life that the life that he gives us that flows through us. And ultimately, at the end of that journey, the end of our life's journey, we shall be with him forever. And that is uh, the most wonderful thing of all. Perhaps the band can come up now just as we finish. Just as the band are coming up, I want to read this scripture. It's Philippians chapter 3. And the Apostle Paul writes, he's talking about all his achievements in life as a very important religious person. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless. When, I compare, when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. How changed are my ambitions? Now I long to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead and the fellowship of his sufferings, being like him in his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already re reached perfection. But I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on. I press on. Paul's saying he's like a runner in a race, pressing on to the end of the race and to receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. 
If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress that we have already made. As we look into this year, let's press on. Let's be determined. Let's be focused. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. It's about him. It's not about me. It's not about any one of us. It's about him. We're his body. He has a work to do through us in this world. Let's make him a priority in 2020. Just, uh, you know, in the next uh, three days, we've got a time of prayer and a time of uh, rededication. And some of us may not be there on Wednesday. Let's make this song a prayer of dedication to him. I'd like us to sing it just sitting down for a moment. And then we'll stand for the second time through.